I'm Kat. I'm Kayla. She just called me the boss. <laughs> you are the boss. I'm always the boss. I know. What did you expect? Nothing less. There was a massive row at the start of this. <laughs> we have done about 10 takes of ten. the first... Okay, 20. Takes of the first <laughs> 30 seconds. Less even. 10, ten seconds. seconds yeah. Usually it just rolls, but I don't know. We're very giddy today. <laughs> um, and it's kind of shown, you know. Uh, lots in store today. Um, I have three tweets I whistled did you hear that no <laughs> that was lovely <laughs> uh, I have three tweets I want to read out that I thought were really lovely from people during the week one is from at Mike Douglas and he said following Mental Health Hour I'm listening to Mental Health Hour's podcast oh my gosh Irish, a- Irish accents talking life in mental health you had that didn't you to talk about no I just wanted to mention Mike anyway so I may as well just do that now um, so if you go on to Twitter Mike is often on Mental Health Hour and he actually has a podcast himself and it's a mental health and lifestyle podcast and it's called Mike's Open Journal. So go and check him out as well. It is open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it's very good. I, I listened to one of them now last night and I must say I absolutely enjoyed I was in knots laughing. He's got this really infectious laugh. Okay. Really infectious. Um, and I'm not going to say what the hashtag was that came out of it because we could probably be kicked off like iTunes for that. Okay. So it was bloody hilarious. You should go and listen to the last one. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to actually listen to it because I'm going to sit down and listen to a few episodes during the week. So I'm excited. Uh, the other thing then was on Sunday night it was a very emotional hour I found myself reaching for tissues well not tissues but the, I suppose metaphorically speaking but I definitely I had tears in my eyes and I was quite upset it was but it was a positive upset it was moving to see there was a lot of people on that were reaching out looking for help say and we had a lot of people on then that you know were I suppose reaching their hand, hand out and saying look we're here um, and it was just really lovely to see you're smiling because you know the heap I was in. I'm not, I'm not actually, because I was hoping you wouldn't notice that. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at how long it took us to get in. And you're after going for two minutes there non-stop and it was great. So I'm just wondering how long this is going to last. <laughs> I thought you meant I was speaking for two minutes No, straight. no. And that, who was it last week said to us that, oh, I didn't realise, what was it? Ronan Dusty, was no, it? No, it was, it was Mike, I think. Uh, Mike Mull on Twitter. Accuse me of talking too much if you don't mind. <laughs> I, if you don't mind now. You wouldn't be wrong, like. But anyway, do you mind? So, <laughs> at Lucy K said, um, it just shows that even if we struggle in our real communities, that this one is very real and open and accepting. And that was about the hour, which I thought was really, really lovely. Mm. And then at Rob Stephen, um, I think he's just, he's, he's a legend. He's there he all is. the time. He's on every week. But he writes a little limerick at the end every week. So mm. I have this week's one. Have you lost your fight? A tip from tonight. Build immunity with community to put you just right. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. Absolutely of, lovely. One of the, the top ones for me anyway. He, as, as Katrina said, he gives a little limerick every Sunday night. That's one of my favourites. And add a bonus, he's from limerick. So, yep. You know, true that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the other thing, one of the, the tweets we put out on Sunday night, I suppose our theme was about community. Um, and it's something we're very passionate about. And we asked people three words that I suppose give I suppose explain what a sense of belonging is to them so we have a couple and Ash Clinton Psych Sussex said um, safety belonging and care so you're nodding what would yours be Kayla mine god um, you're putting me on the spot there I suppose it's belonging yeah um, you've really put me on the spot I now. love it love no, watching you sweat I feel like my brain is just after like so farting and just 
shutting down. <laughs> Please check back in 15 minutes for updates. Like, I'll come no. back to you. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. You okay. go ahead there. Sorry about that. That's awful. <laughs> at Kevin Foley um, said, support, support, support. Very true. Okay. Yeah. We should have specified you can't use the same word three times. But no, it is Why? very important. I'm only messing. It is very, very important. At Matter of Nourish said, safety, support and inspiration. Support's coming up a lot, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> well um, and at Rob Stevens came up again and he said purpose belonging and friendship nice yeah for me I definitely would say the same a sense of belonging is huge um, safety definitely yeah care. there's just so many words there but um, I suppose traditionally community was kind of seen wasn't it as your parish that you lived in mm-hmm. and you went to mass on a Sunday and your whole community was there whereas yeah. now I think for me anyway I recognise I'm part of several different communities and some of which I don't live next or near the people in it. Yeah. It's more we have similar interests or similar hobbies or, you know, passions mm. about life. And that to me is, is a community. And one of them is actually Twitter. You yeah. Know? So had that not been there in my early days of being sick and stuff, I, I you know, I don't know what I'd have done. It was a great way, great support. Um, a huge sense of belonging and community on, on Twitter. Outside of the trolls, of course. Yeah. That's for a whole different show, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a whole podcast dedicated to Twitter trolls. Or a whole month. Yeah, yeah we, could, we could definitely fill it we up. We could fill it, yeah. Yeah, we could definitely fill it up. Do you think you are three words yet? No, I didn't think you were going to come back to me. Well, if you're scribbling little circles on a page, I'd be hoping that you'd... Okay, first of all, there's no need to shout at me. Whoa. Yeah, and second of all, I already told you that when we do this podcast, I feel very bullied. Okay, boss. Wow, right. So, one of the first articles um, I want to talk about that we shared on Sunday night um, is don't talk to your sons about sex, talk to them about this instead. Now, I'm looking at your face, and you're kind of going, Where's she going with this one? Mm-hmm. Well, I've read it, so take it away, give us your take on it. Yeah, well, um, explain what it is. I think it would be better if you explained what it is because I have a couple of issues with it. Uh-oh. No, not not bad issues. I think it's a really important article. Um, but I just have some points maybe then if you want to explain it. Go on. Right. Well, basically what they're saying is that the title is quite, um, I suppose, gripping. You click you click it and you go, oh, God, where are they going with this yeah, one? Yeah, clickbaity kind clickbaity, of. Clickbaity, yeah. yeah, a little bit. But when you click in, do you know what? It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically saying that, you know, again, traditionally... Um, sex education in schools is about you know contraception uh pregnancy that kind of stuff mm-hmm. whereas you know in the likes of um the netherlands they have specific programs where they're teaching the kids from way younger and it's about um, establishing a connection and a relationship and a bond with people and it's more nurturing the love rather mm-hmm. than you know i suppose giving people a sex talk and that's it yeah so that's kind of, I suppose, the summary of it. Um, yeah, come on, give me your take. Um, well, you see, I read the article, right? And I do agree with a lot of what it says. And it's not that I'm picking points out of it or anything. I'm just kind of, to me, I mean, I get the whole, right? When I was in school, and it's still the same now, and even the article mentions it. When two people love each other very much, I mean, come on, that's not helping anybody, really. Realistically, no. That's not really helping. So I don't think so. Because from a youth work perspective, I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to put it out there. It's going to be real. I'm going to be real. Young people aren't, young people know. 
when you're coming at them with this, when two people love each other, they know what you're on about. You know what I mean? They're not sitting down with their friends going, well, I'm in love with this one and this one and that one. Now, some could, and that's great, but a lot of them aren't. Um, And if you really want to tackle an issue, don't tackle the fairy tale version. Let's get to the real, the real side of it. And when I think with young people and older people, I think the biggest issue to confront is a person's intention behind sex. Mm-hmm. I think that's 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 the way to go. Um, and I'm not saying there's a right intention and a wrong intention, obviously, if it's two consenting adults. Um, but say, if you are looking for casual sex, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. That's that's up to you. But I, I just feel we should be telling young people to be upfront about their intentions behind sex. So if you're looking for casual sex, that doesn't necessarily mean that your sexual partner is. And I think no matter what role, you're the male or the female or the male and male, whatever way it goes, you should always be upfront with the other person and say, well, look, I'm not actually looking for a relationship or I am looking for a relationship. I think it should be very upfront. And if we teach people that there's different types of intentions around sex, I think it could be a way of getting people to be more honest with them and obviously not 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 regretting it but there'd be less regret after maybe i won't be honest with you no okay right. right go for it if someone came up to me and said right this is my intention i'd be gone yeah well come on i don't mean hi how are you this is me and this is my intention here's my credentials yeah i don't mean like that i mean yeah. you know like in the situation where the situation is about to happen i don't think it would be very fair of one person who's kind of clear about look I really like this person I want to see where it goes and all this kind of stuff I don't think it would be fair if the other person is like yeah I know that they kind of like me and they want to see where it goes but I'm just in it for the casual do you know what I mean I'm not saying that's wrong I'm just saying maybe if we tell young people look the intention behind sex isn't always love so if you know that going into it you might ask more questions and you might be more selective about who you share um sex with I suppose we're struggling for words I was, I was, yeah but I was just <laughs> going to throw it searching. out I was like oh yeah <clears throat> no but that's that's what I think I think young people we don't give them enough credit but can I ask your mm-hmm. definition of a young person what age group are you talking about a young person <clears throat> is oh, well obviously the younger side is any age consenting to sex so that's 18 17 isn't it 17 right so right up to 24 what they're doing in the Netherlands is they're starting talking to them about it at 4 no, they're not saying about sex, mm-hmm. but they're bringing in the concept of, okay, how do I feel when I know somebody cares about me? Yeah. And then getting them to do that back. And it's it's more nurturing, as I said to you, the love aspect and getting a connection. And oh, then, yeah. as you can imagine, as a teenager, maybe it's easier to approach rather than the fairy tale version. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, I think there's there's huge learning in that as well. Like, I really, really do. Definitely. I No, I totally agree with that. Again, it's only our opinions, like. Yeah. Um, and in time, we will be, hopefully we're getting on prof- professionals and that as well. We'll be able mm-hmm. to, to bring them on and to it will be their great. brains and stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. Another major point that I just wanted to make, it's not it's not really gone into in the article, but it's just something that I, I believe. Pornography for young yes, people. Yes, it was touched on. It was very briefly, and I, I kind of wish they said more because I really actually liked what they were saying about it. Mm. Uh, what's your take on it, first of all? Jeez, that's a well, scandalous no, question. I, <laughs> but I mean young people and yeah. pornography. What's, what's your uh, take? My personal take is it's quite idyllic, you know, mm-hmm. porn, and it's 
wow like if I was a, a teen looking at that now I'd say oh my god my first sexual encounter is going to be fantastic mm-hmm. it's going to be so like airbrushed and beautiful yeah. and the reality is not that at all because you're trembling with nerves and you're just like oh my god I'm going to be a failure and then they're going to be whatever and you just overthink everything Yeah, I think it I mean that's obviously just your normal run the mill pornography then you've got extremer stuff that mm. you know isn't suitable for young people to be viewing at all like you know people are going to go exploring and find porn yeah of course but like are. you know there's some that if they come across could be very damaging and yeah I think that's probably where you're hitting on is it um kind of yeah both both sides really I suppose I totally agree with what you're saying this kind of idyllic view of sex when when young people and people in general are watching pornography you know it does paint a very unrealistic and sometimes dangerous picture mm-hmm. of sex um and I think that it should be explained to young people, whether that's in a youth work context in school. I don't know what the rules around it are, but I just think we should be talking about it. Is that a lot of pornography is fantasy. Yeah, completely. So if you can recognize that Harry Potter fantasy movie, that's not like real life, but it's OK to enjoy mm-hmm. fantasy. It's perfectly OK to enjoy it, pornography, and know that it's fantasy at the same time. So not to expect that your sexual partner is going to want to explore the same types of sex that that yeah, you watch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it shouldn't be pressured, you know, like if one young person is having sex with another, and I, I do mean young person is in consenting age, Yeah, yeah. you know, um, and they're expecting, say, something they saw in pornography that the other person has never saw. I mean, that creates a whole kind of oh, yeah. emotional dynamic there that there's going to be shame and there's going to be fear and there's going to be... All these kind of things. So I think that's something that needs to be touched on by professionals um, speaking to young people. Maybe in college, I don't know, maybe that's too late um, for pornography. Do you know what I speak to about that actually is um, Shona, the one of the ladies working yes. on that. She's very into sex education and that and I'd actually love to speak to her more about that mm. as well. Um, it's something we should definitely put in the pipeline. Definitely, because, and the last thing I'm going to say about it is I kind of made the connection in my head with when I was in school we had sex education and when I was in school we also had drug education mm. now the drug education was amazing it was so informative Gardaí came in so the Gardaí for people listening abroad is the Irish Police Service um, and they came in with examples of drugs that they had taken off the streets they explained went into very clear detail mm-hmm. about what they were who the people are making these um, what their purpose is and what can happen to you and how quickly you can become immersed in a community of drugs without even noticing it and I just was blown away by it then my sex education at school was I'm nervous oh Katrina it was so bad (laughs) I remember it clear as day it was basically herpes is a thing and girls and I'm sorry this isn't going to sound very nice but this is just what we were told you're going to get unfamiliar smells in unfamiliar places but don't worry this is puberty yeah I swear to god I was looking at this woman going this person give you a tin of air freshener are you crazy like is (laughs) it and the funny thing was I think it was in fourth year we all already knew what sex was now I'm not saying we were all sexually active but by the way, she was going on about it and beating around the bush. I mean, we could have gone up there and taught, taught her a thing or two, I'd say, without ever even knowing or participating in sex. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We came out of there. It was a personal hygiene lesson. That's all we were taught. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And sexually transmitted diseases 
everything. And there's a lot more there than herpes, to be fair. Absolutely, yeah, but that's all we knew. That's all we were told. Um, so it's just, I suppose, drawing, drawing lines between them. And I, I, it was one thing I never could understand. Why we were told so much about drugs and it was such a good seminar. And then the sex education was just, and it was giggly. And of course, it's always going to be giggly. But you could see the facilitator was kind of like, mm. you know, I don't know. It was it was too formal and it was that's too... bloody awkward. It, to was, it was really off, awkward and awful, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I just wanted to say. More focus on sex education, just as much as drugs. Yeah, completely. Definitely, I'm sure I yeah. would agree with that. I hope so. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about now, and I, I deliberately didn't even mention this to you beforehand, okay, right? See, this gets me nervous. Is okay. London, the University College London, their researchers, are in fear that hugs and cuddles are going to be extinct. Yeah. They're also saying that basically they are the solution, the the cure for loneliness. Um, and they've done various studies, I won't go into them now, but um, where they brought in, I think it was 74 women. I did, actually, interestingly, it was all women they brought in, okay. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. strange. Um, and they did a study whereby they were playing a game with them and then they thought it was a person, but it was a computer responding back to them. Say, so throwing something back to them and all of a sudden oh, okay. it stopped throwing them the ball or whatever. So they felt excluded. And then it showed how they felt. And then there was this contact made through. It was like a light brush. So they thought it was a personal touch. And it reduced all the various levels of stress of everything. And couldn't help thinking you about the hugs. Yeah. You know, with J-Ro and with everyone, all the talk. And we've been doing back through the weeks about the hugs. Yeah. There's a serious, you know, there's a concern there. And the main reason they're saying they, their hugs are being threatened at the moment is technology. That instead of making contact with each other, we're... Sitting beside each other, texting. Yeah. Or we're on technology. Do you know what? I was kind of looking at you when you were saying it and I was like, these people, what are they talking about? Hugs going extinct. But now that you say it, like I'm thinking back when I was at school and this is all going back to school. I have major issues at school, I think. You have. I need to go to talk therapy and talk about it. Don't mind that. Come on here and do it. (laughs) But I remember at school, it was the done thing. Do you know all the, the girls and even the fellas actually? When you saw your friend at school, you went up and you hugged. I mean, the teachers are even saying it, lads, you have to hug every time you see each other, like, Obviously. relax, yeah. you know. And it was just a thing. And now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at my younger cousins and I'm trying to actually think now in my brain, have I ever actually seen them hug each other when they see each other? And I don't think I have. They don't even mm-hmm. hug me. And I'm, I like hugs, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe there is something to it. I don't know. I don't know. Like, they're saying it's a silent, epi- that loneliness is a silent epidemic. Oh yeah, well I'd I'd agree with that. And they're saying that it's as dangerous as smoking fifteen fags a day. Yeah, you know, um, and it can lead loneliness can lead to cardiovascular disease, stroke, Mm. all these various things, and it's heartbreaking because it goes back to the whole other topic of rural isolation and everything. Yeah, you know, and I've you and me have both seen like everyone knows basically by now that. I'm the hugger on the team when it comes to the crisis response team. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be the most ethical thing in the world. Yeah. But I have this weird thing. If I see someone upset, I'll give them a massive hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously you have to time it right and whatever. Of it course. just feels right. But it really does. It gives something extra, doesn't it? It really does. It does. Um, yeah, it really does. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stumped by that. I'm, I don't really know what to make of it. Take note of it now going yeah, forward. I will. And you should all, anyone, all two listeners that we have, should take... <laughs> should take note of it and see look watch like I I'm I do be aware that people sit beside each other texts and all that that's fine on social media mm-hmm. but from a hug point of view and everything you know 
Is it gone awkward now to hug because it's so rare? I think with the under younger generation, maybe it is. Maybe it is. And that's sad, mm. isn't it? Yeah, but like, instead of that then, like if you look at it from the other side of things, they're constantly in contact with each other. And I know it's not physical contact, but they contact each other a lot more than we would have done when we were young. Mm. I see it like it's constant. It's Snapchat over and back every 10 seconds. And I mean, on our Nokia 3210s, you had a tenner credit and when it, when it was gone, it was gone. That it was, was gone, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but this is constant. This is, oh, I'm going to stop at Subway so I can get Wi-Fi and send my friend a text because I haven't texted her in an hour. Mm-hmm. Which is, I suppose, and some people go mental over it. Some people don't like it, but bring it back. It is their form of communication. It's not their fault. It's just the way things have developed to allow that. Yeah, oh, entirely, completely. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just... It's a bit of a reason the way it could be brought back as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that's why I thought I brought it up. Yeah. Bring it up. Wow. Kind of sad now, actually. Yeah, don't get sad. Okay. Got to crack out the tissues again. All right, so. Yeah, the other thing every week is my leg goes dead doing this recording. I have no feeling in my right leg. <laughs> None. It's just so awkward. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> we, and now this is kind of um, information that isn't too public right now, but I'm assuming it'll come out in the, the coming days. We got a phone call. Was it yesterday? Day before? Day before. And Monday. it was Volunteer Ireland. And we were like, hmm, okay. What's the diddly-o here? Um, and we found out that, first of all, we did not know at all that someone had nominated us for the Volunteer Ireland Awards. But myself and Kayla have been shortlisted down to the final three in our category for um, safety and emergency category, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Emergency response for our contribution and work through community mm. crisis response team um, which we are just absolutely over the moon about like yeah. what were we like yesterday shocked floating uh, I was shocked um, the poor girl who rang me was probably going this one is an absolute basket case because I was saying to her like are you joking now are you messing ah, come like, on now yeah like are you being serious because I don't know about this she was like no I'm being deadly serious and she was she was very nice girl she laughed at me like but yeah I'd say she thought I was a bit She'd be fairly right, like oh yeah, she would be. Yeah. But no, we we'll have more information to come. But we just so do you know what to even be down to the last three. Amazing, and to get a call Can't like that out of the blue, you know, um, and it's just it's really really special. So we'll keep you posted about what the latest is on that. Um, yeah, lots of things happening. Like, mm-hmm. have you went else before I go on? To? Um, I have something for last week. So you know, last week how we were talking about um social inequality and mental health. So access to mental health services being a class issue. Yes. Um, Keena Hearn got in touch. Keena Hearn is a clinical psychologist in Jigsaw. Um, so you can find him at Keena Hearn. And he said he really enjoyed the podcast, um, but he also attached a link right. to the spirit level. So if anybody wants to go on and check out more about what we were talking about last week, social inequality and mental health, you can do so on www.equalitytrust.org equalitytrust.org um, so massive thanks to Keen for sending that on cheers Keen. yeah yeah. we always love getting stuff sent in um, and people like without you guys keeping us informed and everything to be fair there wouldn't be a mental health hour absolutely so um, we really really appreciate all that you do um, the other thing uh, that I tweeted out the article on was what is meal time like for you and your family so basically there was a study done that a positive atmosphere around the table encourages preschoolers to eat more and to eat more fruit and vegetables and what they did was they got 75 parents 
um, that had all preschoolers between three and five years of age. Mm-hmm. They did a questionnaire with them, but on top of that, they also went and visited them during mealtime. Okay. And they obviously watched and monitored. And as the kids were invested in this happy, positive atmosphere on certain days, they were, without realising, picking up extra fruit and eating it. They were picking up extra veg and eating it. You know, and little soya pieces and all that. And it was just yeah. sticking back to, you know, something you don't think about. Like the, I know back years ago in my house, once the dinner was on the table, you all come. Whereas now, you know, I think it's fair to say in some cases, a lot of people eat in front of the TV. Yeah. You know, um, and I suppose in these examples, it seems to be that they were all around the table together eating. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's that sense of, you know, having a laugh together and I suppose community again. and Yeah, it would be. And I suppose it's it, it makes sense because if you think about it, I can only speak for myself, but, you know, if I'm having a bad day or something has happened and I feel really stressed or really anxious or really upset about something, I don't feel like eating at all yeah so you can you can see where the link is made you know if it's a positive happy atmosphere a toddler what might be more inclined to eat um and yeah you're right i mean i remember in my house as well especially um because i lived with my grandparents growing up five o'clock well no i lie quarter past five the dinner was on the table if you didn't come when granddad roared i mean that was it forget about your dinner yeah gone um and it was always a family meal where we'd sit at the table but a strange thing about it is we used to always have the tv on and it was judge judy so whenever i think now of judge <laughs> judy i get really hungry i subconsciously yeah. I, I automatically get hungry when i'm watching judge judy now um and i'm looking for my potatoes yeah it's, it's gas like but it's it mad, was isn't it? yeah it is it was always a positive experience because Ju- judge judy is quite funny so i never remember it was always a nice thing, you know, because yeah. we were laughing together. We were, and it's not the best to watch TV while you're eating, but at the same time, we had the whole family, so it was kind of fifty-fifty. And like the other thing, I suppose that they had was that they're saying they had a couple of little points on how to get the most out of the the atmosphere and the experience, and one was to involve the children in the shopping. Okay. Now I know that's something that's a lot brave. of parents might avoid. <laughs> it's brave because they'd be smarties in I'll the thing that, and they'd yeah. be everything. But it's involving, okay, well, we get this, you know, and we make something nice out of it. And it's kind of also having this a routine time for your meals. Mm. Um, I suppose it's a good way of kind of showing yeah. them as well that stuff doesn't automatically land in the fridge for when they yeah. get older. I mean, because I know with, with young people and especially teenagers, they have this kind of assumption that things just, oh, look what landed in the fridge. That's great. And I suppose if you're teaching them from a young age, well, this is how we do it. Let's go shopping. Let's see it. And paying at the till. It's kind of almost introducing a value for money kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I'll it. i tell you, if you took one visit to Rigney's Farm, you'd know it doesn't just land in the fridge. Absolutely. Rigney's Farm, it's in Kilcornan in uh, County Limerick. And to visit that farm... Far, farm? What was that? Farm. The farm. Uh, to visit the farm, it's actually... It's... Um, whoa. <laughs> what the hell? You know we're 26 minutes in. Are you okay? Um, but they have a and b as well, so you can actually stay there and... I did a post on it there a while back. It's the most relaxed and setting. But basically they have their own pigs kind of from baby pig. What's that called? What's the baby pig called? Brain freeze. Oh my God. What's baby pig? Baby pig. What are you talking about? What's a small pig called? A piglet. Piglet. Yeah. From piglet <laughs> stage. 
<laughs> Do not look at me like that. There's something wrong with you today. <clears throat> yeah, there must be. But uh, yeah, they have them from piglet stage right up along and they're organically reared and all the rarest type. And then you see them and we were over there when they were giving birth and then there's more little ones arriving on. And then the next field you have all the vegetables grown and, you know, you've all the, the various animals and then you speak to Caroline and Joe and you see what's involved in actually getting it from the stage of, okay, as horrible as it sounds, walking in the field. <laughs> I was wondering how, <laughs> how you were going to come around yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is a part that I tend to blank a little bit. Yeah. Because, it's, you know, it kind of scares me. But unfortunately, it's the, what did you say? The oh, cycle. I'm not going to help you get out of this hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it is. It's fascinating to see the work that goes into it. And, you know, it needs to say they also make granola now. It would have been a safer discussion yeah, to, to would, actually have. Yeah, it really would have. Yeah. But that t- it takes a lot of work. It does. And it doesn't doesn't just arrive there. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's my take on the pigs. That's the end of it. <clears throat> you ready to move on? I'm ready. Okay. I'm over it. Go for it. No, I'm done. Oh, you're done? Okay. I'm done. Well, it's good because we're 28 minutes in and I just wanted to say as well, if you do like the podcast, um, please subscribe to it on iTunes anyway, if you're listening through iTunes. Uh, rate and review it if you have time and thanks a million for all your feedback during the week because we really appreciate it when we get it because it tells us what we're doing right what you like and when when we know what you like we can do more of it um, and as always as well any topics you want to hear us natter on about and discuss you can email them to me at kayla at mentalhealthhour.com what about me? yeah well you see you won't do it because you love studies and articles and stuff well that is true yeah. that's very true and I have to make one brief apology before we finish up there the screaming children in the background nothing to do with us we can't time them <laughs> they just arrive outside the window every now and then yeah I really hope you similar didn't similar to the chip van chips so um, yeah thanks a million guys for tuning in this week and we'll talk to you soon bye bye, bye.